SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the set manager for Second City Hockey, and I've got my usual crew with me this evening, and we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. So let me get them in here first so we can get right to it. First off, it is the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price. Hi, I'm equally deserving of $9.5 million a year as Seth Jones, which is to say, I'm not. Because, like, equally deserving, like, I mean, he's played a couple more NHL games than you have. Just a few. Oh, neither, neither of us should be making that, that type of money, but neither of us should be making that type of money. So what you're saying is you should be at zero, and he's at nine, so he should be making four, seven, five. That's right in the middle. Is that, is that, the, is that what the math we're doing here? I should, be ma- I should be making a little bit more than what I'm making right now, but uh, he should be like, yeah, four, seven, five is fine. I, I wish it was four, seven, five. It, it, it is decidedly not, though. Uh, also with us this evening, he is a second city hockey. Well, Chris Caraba is the dashboard confessional. It is Mill Savage. I literally don't care about anything. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the show, folks. See you later. <laughs> We're off to a roaring start, guys. And also with us this evening, she is the second city hockey bull and wall of text, Betsy. I mean, Shepard, at least you didn't get called bitter. Because of stats, which is what I got called not once, but twice in different comment sections. What do I have to be bitter about? The stats don't make you bitter. The score makes you bitter. And the stats tell you why that score is the way it is. It's just, it's a weird thing. Cause I'm like, I hope the stats are wrong because the team I root for, I want them to be better. So if the stats are right, I lose. If the stats are wrong, I win as a fan. So that's not, I don't understand. Insults, at least make them make sense. Yeah. Like we, we both me and LBR will equal, will, will very much say like, please let make us eat our words. Uh, yeah. I want, I want Seth Jones to shove like our heads in a toilet, like a, like a bully from high school with how bad I want him to make me regret my words. Yeah. Be a, you one, might have to, be a 1D. I dare you. You might have to eat your words if we can't FedEx you a decent pizza. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> don't, don't get me started. St. Louis, what are you doing? Hi. What are you doing? Not making good pizza. Not at all. No. Not making real pizza. I'll, I'll give them credit for their barbecue, but that's it. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, everyone's here. We've got, like, a whole bunch of shit's happened. I, I feel like if you were listening to this podcast, you're probably aware of most of the things that have happened recently in the Blackhawks world. And before we get into all that, I just want to quickly address the elephant in the room. Um, with all these sexual assault allegations against the Blackhawks, um, they're, they're, it's still going. There's more things that come out. They keep getting worse. Um, we just I don't really know what we can say about them other than what we said two or three weeks ago. So we're just going to kind of talk about the other things for now. And if we need to go back to that topic, we will. Uh, I think everything that we said two or three weeks ago is valid. They need to investigate it thoroughly, release it to the public, and whoever – was involved in this cover-up needs to be held accountable. Um, but from there, let's transition to awkwardly transition to what's happened in the last week. Uh, it started before the draft. They traded a bunch of picks and Adam Boquist to Columbus. They got Seth Jones. Then they gave him a shit ton of money. Then they drafted a bunch of guys. And then uh, the last few days, it's been a trade for, well, Nick Zialmason retired, so that happened. Uh, Adam Gaudet got a one-year contract. Then the Hawks traded for Marc-Andre Fleury. And then they traded for Tyler Johnson. 
And then they traded away Nikita Zadorov, and then they signed Jujar Kara. I'm probably saying that name wrong. I have no idea. Kyra. Kyra. I think Kyra it's sounds Kyra. Kyra sounds right. Uh, they also signed Jake McCabe, a defenseman from Buffalo, and. Also, uh, they decided not to re-sign three guys who have since signed contracts elsewhere, being David Camp, Vinny Henestrosa, and Pew Suter. And Suter went to Detroit, which sucks because Mill. Detroit sucks. And there we go. Huge, huge Sky Point. <laughs> He's basically so, dead to us now. Sky yeah, Point, Pew Suter. Well, uh, the, my thought the is... Pope he, is dead. So I guess Detroit is... <laughs> I'm so upset that I can't make Pope jokes anymore. Uh, but I guess Detroit's thinking is he can't score a hat trick against them if he's on the team. But Shout anyway, out ben Pope though, our guy. <laughs> a whole bunch of shit has happened in the last week. They've completely revamped the direction and just overall, well, maybe not direction, but they just revamped this entire team. It feels like in a week. And uh, the main thing I want to get out of the panel, we're going to go one by one, and I'm going to start with Shepard. The main thing I want to ask you, Shepard, is the way you feel about this team now. What's the biggest difference? today compared to the way it was a week ago? Uh, For many reasons, I'm not a fan of this team anymore. Um, But besides the obvious uh, sexual assault scandal that we should continue to keep mentioning just because other reporters are doing that less and less. So so just, it's still a thing and it's not been resolved and please don't act like it's been resolved. Uh, don't let the fact that Montreal is also a screwed up organization with a man who is very firmly and very clearly now tied to this 2010 sexual assault scandal uh, distract you from the fact that this is still going on. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it as much as I did. Uh, they've made some moves I agree with, some moves I disagree with. The Seth Jones move just from a pure on ice standpoint I disagree with firmly. Uh, Adam Boquist is, has been a better defenseman than Seth Jones each of the last two seasons. Well, here, here's I, I was going to cut because I've I've gone back and forth. Which part do you like? Which is the worst part? Is it the con- the trade or the contract? <sighs> and the answer cannot be yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes, but well, the answer might if, be yes for you. <sighs> because I like I've I've come. I'm not as spiteful of the trade. I still don't like yeah. it. I, I still think they gave up on Adam Bocas way too early, and I'm terrified of what he could become in the future because uh, it, it'll just be a reminder of, hey, remember when the Hawks had this guy and he's not there anymore? Uh, we call it the Tavo Teravainen experience. But uh, it's just – like so like the trade is closer to – the trade doesn't so bother if, me as much as the contract because I feel like contract yes. could fuck them for eight years, for the next decade. The thing is, if it was for an actual one-first defenseman, I feel like the trade is fair. If it was for Shea Theodore, or it was for Doug, or like if Dougie Hamilton had signed that contract with, with that he signed with New Jersey, he had signed that with Carolina. It was eight years. I'd do that trade for Dougie Hamilton. I'd do that trade for uh, ten years ago, Mark Giordano. Uh, do, you do that trade for a more proven commodity than what they got because. Yes. Seth Jones, like Seth Jones was once a number one defenseman. I, I don't think we can over uh, misstate that. Like he, two or three years ago, he was really, really good. Like I remember when uh, they made that trade to get him, uh, they traded Ryan Johansson for Seth Jones. And I think the, the overwhelming thought was, Oh, Nashville just screwed up. Like I, we were, th- I remember thinking that Seth Jones was going to be a problem for the Hawks for a, like 10 to 15 years because he was in the division playing for Nashville. And then he got traded to Columbus but I remember like thinking Seth Jones was going to be a problem for a long time. And then he wasn't. So like, I guess cross your fingers and hope it comes back. Right. Yeah. It's just, mm. uh, it's top two protected. It's top two protected that, that first round pick next season. What happens if the Blackhawks win the lottery uh, or like, or don't, or don't win the lottery and are really bad, which could easily equally happen. Uh, and it's Brad Lambert with that pick who's uh, weirdly Finnish. That's a Finnish. He's a Finnish player. Uh, Brad I, Lambert. I'm not Finnish. doing 2022 draft shit yet. I don't want, <laughs> but, I don't like, want what, what happens if he falls to three? He's very, very good. He's arguably uh, like the, the second best player in yeah, a really strong class. Ratti was the number one consensus pick at this time a year ago, wasn't he? He, I think he was losing Steen this time last year. Well, all right. Well, we've let's, let's, let's work the room a little bit. Betsy, I'll ask you the same question. I asked Shepard. The biggest difference between the way you feel about the Hawks a week ago as compared to now is what? Well, I actually think they're better. 
I, I mean, I absolutely. I, I do. I so okay. You've got Johnson, who I don't think he's worth his cap hit, but I think he's an improvement. Um, he's like I know Suter is gone, but Johan, uh, Johnson is better defensively than him. Um, and if you're not factoring their contracts, I don't mind that. Um, uh, I like McCabe. I don't mind what's his face from Edmonton. I don't know if I can't pronounce. I'm not going to try. Yeah, I'm not going to try. Tyra. Um, he has some issues in transition, but if he's with a good enough, like he's good at puck retrieval and stuff like that. So he's decent fourth line. I don't think camp was worth 1.5 and I like him. So, um, and I'm trying, I'm going to give, try to give, uh, Jones, a fresh start and they got rid of Zadorov. So they did get rid of Nikita Zadorov. I feel like we should have a moment of appreciation for, we don't have to do that show ever again. It's over. Yeah. It's <laughs> over. Ladies and gentlemen, mission accomplished. Go so per- personnel wise, I think they're in a technically better place, but I, but it'll really depend on like, will they bury Connolly um, so that they can keep, like Kurashev up or something like that. Cause I feel like with how many forwards they have kids like Kurashev and whistle and stuff like that are going to have to go down because they just are waiver exempt. So they're not going to put down Borgstrom. I mean, maybe they'll wave got it cause nobody wants him. <laughs> um, I don't want him. So, you know, it wouldn't be a loss if somebody picked him up. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Hino being gone, you know, Scherzer being gone is uh, a little Sucky because I actually thought he would fit in well with this group. I would have him over, say, Nylander, but um, I understand the potential of Nylander over long term is higher. Just if they're doing this whole, it makes it sound like they are go for it season. Uh, I think Kina Scherzer would have been a better fit. So I think they're better on paper. We'll have to see. And of course, there's still coaching issues, but again, totally different topic. <laughs> I figured we were going to wait for Mill to get to the coaching issues because he's always got the, <laughs> the most eloquent way to to do that. Um, I, I It's hard to disagree with anything you said. Like, I, I think the number one thing that you mentioned at the top is that I think they're a better on-ice team than they were a week ago. Um, the big question mark, I think the biggest question mark with that is whether or not Marc-Andre Fleury actually plays for the Blackhawks because he is contemplating retirement. He doesn't really want to move his – He there's – apparently some reluctance on his behalf of moving his family from Vegas to Chicago. So understandable. And I guess we'll just see where that goes. Uh, but the, the thing you said about Kershev, and I think it also applies with defense, like they have so many players now because they played so many young guys last season. There are so many guys who are at or near the NHL level that like, a, it feels like more moves are coming, and I feel like they're going to be selling, just selling off parts at this point. But the other thing is, like, we went from a season that was kind of a rebuild, and I think that's over. Rebuild, retool, whatever. Um, whatever you want to call it, I think that's over for sure. Like, this team needs to win next season, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't see how you went all in <laughs> trying to get flower and then not expect something more than a first round exit or something like that. Yeah, you know? like, You're expecting more. You don't trade for the 36 or 37 year old Vezina trophy winner from last season. And like, as part of a rebuild, that's just that that's not how that works. Question that becomes, can they win? And the question, the answer is one you're not going to like. <laughs> well, see, I, I mean, if you, I think the roster's not bad. I think the bigger issue is that their, their division is loaded. So yes, yeah, that's that's gonna be a problem. I think with the right coach, this group could do well. Um, but I one, I I, I'm not saying they would win. I'm saying they could surprise. But there's no way without it. Like we kept saying, hey, one player can't make a change because we were like, oh, if we you know get Taves back, one player doesn't change a team. Well, they put in a lot of new players. They've taken out some players, so this is going to be a completely different team altogether but the one factor that stayed the same is the factor we hate the most and this sounds like a perfect time to bring mill in so mill yeah. same question to you uh biggest difference between uh last week and this week with how you feel about the chicago blackhawks well i think even if they uh 
if, if we don't agree with all the moves they made, they'll be at least interesting to watch now. It won't be that's, like, that's my word. Interesting. I feel like they're interesting again because this could be a, like, if they had a good coach, I actually think this team is a lot better than they are as they stand. Not like a cup contender, but maybe a, a the fourth team in the playoffs in the division if they have a good coach. But it's like they could also be a complete tire fire. So it'll be interesting. Um, but I think, you know, with the coach being the caveat, obviously, aside from that, uh, I think it's nice that they recognized like, hey, uh, as long as 19 and 88 are here, like we're not going to do a full blow, like blowout rebuild. So just load up and try to try to do something different. I'm not saying I agree with it, but it's like, I can't watch the same shit anymore. So, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm with you. Mill. like, I like the idea. I'm glad they took a swing. The execution of that swing. Eh, not sure. Like there's, there's a few parts of it that I'm not sure. Like I like what Betsy and Shepard were talking about with um, a few, like the, the guys they got in the, the Seth Jones thing, especially like, I don't know if that's exactly how I would have done it, but, you know, they, they, did. well, the Seth Jones thing screams like we can't develop defensemen, so screw it. And I'm a hundred percent convinced that Hamilton said I'm not coming because they would have just thrown that money at him and without trading. That's, I, I hope somebody gets an answer from someone in the Blackhawks front office about that because he signed for nine million a year. Seth Jones is getting more money. And I, I need to be, I need to know if that was a possibility or not because. If if that well, was a possibility, that's a massive indictment of the whole front office. Along well, with because like go ahead. No, it's fine. Go ahead. It's not like he went to a contender anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, he went to New. He went to New Jersey. And also, I thought there were reports like a while ago when when they were all like, "Hey, you know, Chicago's interested in Hamilton." There were reports that were like, "And Hamilton's interested in." If he can't sign in Carolina, it's really about fit and he likes certain cities and money, you know, and that's the first time that I had even heard the devils were connected to him, but they said Chicago too, and a couple of other places and never mentioned again. It was on, I want to say one of Friedman's things, but there was at least some mutual kind of interest, but maybe it never got explored. I think they like Jones better for that type of, that type of defenseman versus what Hamilton is, even though I think Hamilton is better. Yeah. The type you can see it in the signings of Zadorov or the trade for Zadorov, no, Zadorov, and then the you know signing of McCabe. They're going for a very specific type right now. The opposite of the type that fits their scheme. A <laughs> little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but you know. I just want to say, I think the Jones thing, I know I've said this pretty openly, like I don't hate him. Like you guys like seem to really not like him as a player specifically. I think he's had two bad years. I don't think he's going to be a lead or anything like that, but I don't see somebody at 27 just completely shitting the bed and he's going to have so much more pressure on him to, to perform now in Chicago than he would have in Columbus anyways. So I think we have to at least the money's terrible. The trade's bad, but we have to at least see what happens. I talked a little bit with some people from the Canon, which is our sibling side that covers the Blue Jackets for uh, SB Nation, or, or I shouldn't say cover, but you know they, they're they're what we do, but the Blue Jackets anyway. And and the the thing I kind of got from them was a little bit of the the way we talk about Duncan Keith, and that uh, it was just kind of a miscast role, like they were trying to make him be a number one defenseman when maybe he wasn't, and so that's why it looked worse uh, statistically and analytically than it may have <laughs> oh, no. on the eye test. I'm not in Shepard. Are you okay? <laughs> They're paying him $9.5 million. And he's not enough more to no, I, I know. I, uh, I get that. Uh-oh. I get that. Uh-oh. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand. But what I'm, the point I'm trying to make Shepard is that he's not, he's not Nikita Zadorov. Like he's going to be a, at least a, like repl- at minimum, a replacement level defenseman. I'm fairly confident in that. And maybe, and probably above average. Right he may, now. Yeah. No. I know it's bold. No, no. No, Connor Murphy is still better. I, that's that's fine. fine. I know. I know that's your guys' opinion. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just stating mine. Like I think he has the skill set that exceeds the other players. It just depends if you can execute or not. And and he's um, he ate the hawk alive. He's going to get paid like a number one defenseman. A child. Yeah, he's going to get paid like a number one defenseman and not play for it. But he's also not going to like 
produce like a third liner. Like, you know, it's it's not like we're getting – I think there's the, the gap between where he's going to play at and where he's going to be paid. Yeah, it's going to be big. But, again, it's not like we're getting – it's not like he's going to be as bad as Zadorov was or, you know, Brandon Manning. Like, this is a good NHL defenseman, just maybe not a great one like he's getting paid to be. And I know that's a no, still a problem, but because of that, like, that's where I've kind of, like, backed away from how much I hated the trade because he's still a good defenseman. He's not. That's why I said the money and the trade are bad, but the Hawks are just saying we can't develop defense. <laughs> they gave up on Boquist already. Like, they just, that's, I'm pretty convinced. Look at who have they developed. So that's, yeah, that's a that's that's yeah that's a problem, and that means the Dan guy Bowman's going to be fired in a year. Yeah, th- that means Bowman's going to be fired in a year. So why Dude, are we letting him do this to us? But Bowman could go to the red line and pull down his pants in the middle of the game, and he wouldn't be fired. It's becoming insane. Like this guy could. Just, it's it's like I again. Doubt he covered <laughs> up a sexual assault scandal. Yeah, what are we doing? Saying. What are we doing? I'm no, I'm with you, dude. I just like I. You guys know I'm I'm completely like. I don't want him here either, but it's just like the Hawks have pretty much rolled out the, the idea that, oh, it's fine. He's our guy. Granted, uh, I don't know that they would have thrown a new GM this year. Maybe he will step away next year and go up, but I don't think he's going to get fired. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think so either, but that's yeah. – He's not Kenny Williams and he's not, will, he's not worthy of the step up. Well, I don't think so either, but like, again, this is not, this is just my thoughts based on how the Hawks handle shit, which is poorly. Yeah. Like, I think that's like, so, so getting back to like what Betsy said about them being better. And I I do think they're better, but I guess my concern now is like, because of what they, everything they threw at Seth Jones, the concern is that this team is going to be just good enough to make the playoffs and maybe get into the second round, and that's about it. Well, that's if Flurry plays. Well, I, I, even looking like long term, like be, beyond like the like the next like three like the duration of Seth Jones' contract, essentially, like they're never going to be good enough to contend because they don't have enough depth, enough talent to reach that level. I think it'll yeah. depend on if cap goes up or not. Cause there's that's true. GMs are trading like they, cause like the, they think the cap is going to go up again um, soon. Like, I mean, there was that report that was like, it's going to stay flat for at least the next two years. Um, but yes, GMs, GMs, should help. GMs were throwing wild money around. Like they didn't care at all. <laughs> they were like, flat cap, <laughs> what the hell? Fuck so, it, yeah. <laughs> I wonder, do they know something that we don't know about, like how much money they're expecting to make because of? The- I don't know. The last time they thought the cap was going to go up, the economy tanked because of oil. So I, they can't predict shit. Do GMs I mean, know but- anything? <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, I some of them, some of them. Stevie, Stevie Y knows some stuff. I'll say the last point on Jones is that I railed on him, obviously in a couple of articles now and I'm not super excited about him, but we've kind of have to try to see him as a new player here and see if he can do anything. Cause I don't, I think he could still be a top pair defenseman. I don't know if he's a legit number one. I think Vegas did really well for a couple of years without a legit number one on their team. Um, they had a bunch of number like threes. Really, like two threes. Go look at um, them. I know Vegas. The, is, I know Shepard is like, excuse you, but come on. Your shit theater is better than the three. One of the cups that Pittsburgh won was with a bunch of no names on the blue line because Chris Letang was dead, and I I can't even remember who it was. I think Olimata might have been like the number one minutes guy. Yeah, and Olimata wasn't Dumo. No, it was wasn't Dumo. Yeah, it was Dumo. Either way, yeah, Dumoulin's good, but he's not a top guy. Yeah. I no, love that's what I'm saying. I but I don't know if the rest of the depth of the defense can carry that. And the Penguins forward group was very good, but yeah. I don't know. I I'm just willing to. I've said my piece. I don't like it. Um, I'm not super excited about him as a player, but he's here. We kind of have to just let him play gotta, and then get mad again if we need gotta to. Gotta let it all play out, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah like is I, it bad that I feel like is it bad that I feel like the ceiling is Minnesota in 2010s though? It, I mean, it, it very well could be. Like, I, I think the biggest thing with this group right now is this roster has been jumbled so much that I think any prognostications are just are probably silly because it's 
going to be so different next season. There's going to be so many new phases, so many different players. It's you're gonna, it's going to take a while to sort out. And if it doesn't get sorted out quickly, there might even be a new coach in there because I feel like there's a and kind of indirect statement from the front office, like this losing shit needs to stop. And if they don't start winning very soon, Colleton's going to get the Dennis Savard treatment from 2008. In Colleton's system, we're talking about Jones. How do you think we're going to feel about McCabe trying to play this fucking system? Well, I, I've read a lot of good things about McCabe and I, 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 I like I, McCabe a lot. So. Yeah. I like I McCabe too, more, but I have I, a lot more confidence in him. I, I like McCabe too, but I don't like him chasing guys behind the net. That's yeah. true. I mean, and he does have a – he loves to hit. You know, that meatheads will like him because he's big. He but blasted line A in a game. I just – he's, he's a better he's Good. A better About hitter time somebody did. <laughs> in a meaningful way than, say, Zadorov was at least, you know. Yeah. Um, the, the point about it being – the roster being so different is actually one of the things that I dislike – that makes me a little like concerned because I'm like, Oh, it's going to be better. Like on paper, I think they're better, but when is the last time a team was successful with this much turnover? Right. Usually it takes... Okay. Um, other than an expansion team under a very good coach. Yeah. Good. Like when good, I... good teams don't turn over because they have good players. The Hawks mm-hmm. might like rattle off a few wins because they're going to be all jacked in front of fans, and then they're going to keep Colleton and then go on a huge skid. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the optimism, Mill. <laughs> yeah, that one year we like blew out the pins the first two games, and everybody was like, "Oh they my won god!" Ten to one. Dude, I, I went to that game, and everyone's like, "We're winning the cup," and then like literally after that, it was just like, "Oh." <laughs> like game was three, everybody was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> that was my first ever second city hockey game recap, and I think my first line was something like. Do you think they're going to have the parade at Soldier Field or will they just go back down Michigan Avenue? Mm-hmm. Ryan Hart made five points in that game. Oh, yeah, by the way. Ben Schmaltz, Kane line, like, destroyed. Yeah. It. Remember, that was going to be the like, next Sot, big thing for the next 10 years. Thought had a hat trick and Sharp went, like, backwards in time and had a breakaway goal. <laughs> uh, speaking of roster turnover, though, I was just looking at this. So, it, fingers crossed that Jonathan Taze comes back next season, 100% health and all of that he's going to walk into a very different room. I, the very last game he played was game five against the Golden Knights in the bubble in Canada. How many players from that roster or from that game will go 19 of them? How many of those players are still with the team, do you think? Taves included. Do you want to, do you just, do you want to just name them off? Do you want me to just start naming yeah. them? Kubali, <laughs> Dubrincat. Well, I was going to uh, have you Kane. pick a number. Yeah, pick a number. Uh, I'll go six. Uh, uh, does Nylander count? <laughs> he didn't play, so no. He played in that playoff. He didn't play in that game. It was the very last game. Was the, the oh, oh the one he got the one okay. he got sat for uh for uh Quinville, right? Uh huh. Yeah, John Quinville. Uh, By the way, oh yeah, we lost John Quinville in the expansion draft. Sky point. Sky point. <laughs> oh no. Oh oh no. Seattle picked so well. Uh oh. <laughs> I would guess like eight. I mean, it depends. Do you do you consider Strom still part of the team? Oh, well, he's under contract, so yeah. Yeah, and Dahan, same thing. So eight. I gotta make my list. Not counting tapes himself, clearly. And you said not Nylander. Oh he yeah, playing that game. Yeah. Seven. Uh, <laughs> so four, four off the top of my head. Twelve, five. I don't know, I'll probably say like six. It's nine. I, I nine really? Yeah, nine. Who are so, they? Name them. Carpenter, Doc, Dahan, Debrinket, Kane. Kubalik, Murphy, Strom, Taves. Oh, I forgot Carpenter exists. I, yeah, forgot, I forgot Carpenter him. existed too. I had to look it up to make sure he was still on the roster. But yes, Ryan Carpenter is <laughs> still on the blackout. And still a very legitimate, good fourth liner, and I'm glad he's back with the team next year because he's a good balance. No, I like him too. I, he get, I, every time he scores, I tweet Taylor Swift. I'm feeling 22. <laughs> but he's, the, he's uh, a fourth liner. Fourth line Those guys are kind of forgettable. Well, amongst all the chaos that we just broke down, like I don't think we were thinking about anybody actually from last year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like it's 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 fascinating how much this team turned over in the in the matter of a week. Subban is uh, probably gone though, right? I, yeah, I was thinking about that today. Assuming Flurry stays, like yeah, they have too Assuming many. Flurry stays, maybe they can give. What is it? Buffalo doesn't have any goalies right now. Yeah, Buffalo. They don't need them. Dallas has like. 
four or five. Yeah, like four good ones. Uh, too. Uh, Buffalo tried having goalies last year, and it didn't matter, so they don't need them. <laughs> Dallas tried Colorado having a hockey team for the last decade. No, they just they just they got Kemper. A, yeah, they got Kemper, but they don't. Who's like? Are they really going to go with Francis again, bagging him up? Yeah, I think one of their uh, their GM or somebody said that they're they're expecting to have him back next season. So maybe they, maybe they want Subban for decent backup. Subban or, or Delia, one of the two. Delia might want out of town now seeing Flurry in front of him on the uh, the old depth chart, considering how he uh, had to play last year. Saad hasn't signed, right? No. No. And Saad is not signed, and we Thank will God. not speak of where he's talking, allegedly. And uh, Bella the ball. No. Oh, dude, they just moved. Sorry. Not hockey related. Never mind. <laughs> Are you uh, United Center. Uh, something you know, something happening in wrestling? Yeah, they moved an event to United Center because CM Punk signed, so they're probably going to sell it to UC. I should should uh, get him on the pod see what he thinks about all the Blackhawks moves. Big big Blackhawks fan. Two weeks us every now and then. Goat. I think he was – there was a move recently he was really excited about, but I can't remember what it was. Or maybe Went he was – Or maybe he was just upset. At, uh, I think he was oh, upset he about He was a flurry because he was talking shit to, to Renee Young because she likes Vegas. There we go. There we go. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, to, uh, to summarize everything, uh, chaos pretty much like if, if it felt like a very chaotic week and I have no idea what the hell to expect out of this team next year, but to piggyback off of what Mill said, uh, I think it's going to be interesting from an on ice perspective. Hopefully it's not, it's less interesting from an off ice perspective because all that shit gets taken care of and goes away. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a car wreck <laughs> kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, I feel I feel like August could be the car wreck. Hopefully by September the uh the wreckage is cleaned up and we can get back to hockey things, fingers crossed. Um so there were some draft things. I think we're gonna take a quick time out. We're gonna come back on the other side and we'll gonna touch a little bit on the draft stuff because well, the Blackhawks did what the Blackhawks do and that they links <laughs> because why not? So I'll come back, listen for all of that. Welcome back to Musings on Madison. And as promised before the break, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into some of the draft picks that the Hawks made. Um, it was really nice that we made all the – we did like a full two or three weeks profile, like 10 to 15 guys that the Hawks could pick with that number 11 pick overall, and then they fucking traded it away. So uh, – Told you it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a fair call. Um, we should have expected it. Um, yeah, it was like number 11, but technically 12 because hockey's stupid, but who cares? They didn't pick there anyway. So a quick rundown of who the Hawks did pick in the first round defenseman, Nolan Allen, number 32 overall. And the second round they picked Colton doc because of course they did Kirby doc's younger brother third round. It was defenseman Tage Harding fourth round. It was defenseman Ethan Del Mastro fifth round. It was Ford Victor Sternborg sixth round. And we were just talking about this. This is the most incredible coincidence. I, 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 my mind was blown. Uh, former site manager Brandon Kane put this together. They drafted Ilya Safanov out of Russia, who's a huge forward. And that name probably means nothing to a lot of you, uh, unless I tell you that you've seen him on TV or seen a clip of him a zillion times, because he's the guy that collided with Kirby Doc and broke his wrist at the World Juniors a year ago. Um, they only they also picked him tra- so they could beat him up. Yeah, yeah, I saw someone suggest in our comments that uh, Colton Dox would have to drop the gloves with him at prospect camp to make up for it. Uh, they also drafted Connor Kelly in the seventh round, a defenseman from Minnesota, and the last pick, number 216 in the seventh round, was Jalen Lupin, a forward from the WHL. Um, I will, to, to be full disclosure to everyone, I don't know much of anything about most of these guys. I, I never do uh, draft Pro, uh, preparation is something I'm not just not good at. So uh, I know Betsy and Shepard are more into this stuff. So, uh, and then they shared some opinions already and I know they probably have some more. So uh, Shepard, we opened with you. So Betsy, uh, your thoughts on the draft. And I don't know if you want to start with Nolan Allen or just, just wherever you want to start, just whatever, whatever you want to do, the, the floor is yours. Okay. So let's start with the fact that I don't dislike any of these players um, in general, but Nolan Allen at 32 was a weird reach. He is fine. And that's not exactly what you want when you're picking it. 
And, yeah, you know, fine is not the word you want to describe your first round pick. Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got room to grow. He's really good defensively. He's an excellent skater. He can't puck handle very well. There were some people that were trying to compare him to Jean-Marcin, um and Seabrook. Neither both of them were very good puck handlers in their primes. Jean-Marcin wasn't offensive. People were like, well, offense isn't everything. That's fine, but you have to handle the puck. You can't mm-hmm. just like turn it over that much. Oh, um, well, you can because that's what the Blackhawks. Uh, no, that's a great point though. Jomerson was amazing handling puck in his own hand. Oh, we're we're gonna get to we're gonna talk playing about Jomerson a little. Yeah. Bit. So you know, don't make that comparison yet because the the technical skills of puck handling isn't there. Um, he actually probably could be better offensively. Uh, he was better at the World Juniors offensively um, with a higher quality teammate. So maybe it, he's just a project a bigger project than you would really pick at that time. And there were better quote unquote, better guys on the board to me. I don't know who Harding is. Uh, I couldn't like, we have this photo service that gets you, we get photos of most prospects that we can include with our articles. Tage Harding got nothing. I have no idea where the fuck he came from. I don't remember. I had his number it's, written down with the note very big next to it. That's yeah, he's Scottish. And that's what matters. He's Scottish. And that's a <laughs> oh, hang on we're gonna do the rest of this pod shepherd us to talk in a scottish accent <laughs> um Beautiful. I, don't, I don't mind any of the other ones i think connor kelly might be a good i can't even remember which what seventh round seventh he round could, yeah you know like a lottery pick i like kelly a lot they went a lot of with a lot of overagers um which makes sense because they would have had way more scouting on them because they would have seen them the year before a lot more too leading up to that draft. Um, and then of the forwards, I don't mind doc. His skating is terrible though. He'll really need to work on that. If he even wants to make it to the NHL, I think if his skating could get to at least NHL average caliber, he could be really good. I don't mm-hmm. not like doc good, but maybe a middle six guy. He's got the hands for it and he thinks pretty well. And then other than that, the the Swedish guy Sternborg, I love him. Okay, um, <laughs> okay, I do. I think he's great. Um, he was. I didn't watch as much SHL, but he was playing at seventeen and mostly mm-hmm. in fourth line minutes in a defensive role, and he looked positive the entire time. But prior to that, he was highly offensive. So, like in a good way, though. Yeah, <laughs> like I like the offensive, offensive side not, of not the offensive, game, not offensive. offensive. Yeah, production. There we go. He can put up the points. He's got good hands. Um, it'll be interesting. His stock dropped, I think, because of the role he was playing. But there's not a lot of kids that play in the, it's SHL and hold their own while essentially playing a shutdown role, and that's what he did. So it's something to build on. Um, I like, so essentially I like their back picks better than I did their top picks, mostly because I think a lot of the players they picked were third rounder. <laughs> That's what Shepard and I were saying. We're like, they picked a lot of third rounders just both in the first and the like, seven. <laughs> as, yeah. as you do. LBR, if we had two weeks to pick, to, to like do profiles on who they would have taken, who, who they could have taken at 30 seconds. Do you think we would have gotten to Nolan Ellen? No, I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't have, like I said, if he'd gotten taken at Colton Doc's position, that wouldn't have been like a bad thing, but I still wouldn't have picked him then. <laughs> yeah, I weirdly still would have done Baturati ahead of him. Yeah, I, I, for a second, I thought that's who the Hawks might go with because of how far he was dropping down draft boards. But if like to, to, to piggyback on what for, you said, sorry, go ahead, Betsy. I was just gonna say, if they were going for defensemen, which it was a lot, there wasn't as much, there's a little check kid. Um, Oh my God. What is his name? It's like, Oh my God. They're all little check kids. As far as I'm concerned. There was Morrow and there Stank was Coven. Stank Coven. And then there were a couple of other. <laughs> Such a good name. I know. <laughs> um, damn it. Why am I forgetting this kid's name? It's like, it's, he's an SS name. So it's like, why are you forgetting who he is? But there was also Zellweger, who I thought played better than um, Allen did at the World Juniors. He played lower. Um, And then there was Chaka. So there were other options if they wanted to go defense. I'm just not sure 
why that guy was there. Was it Sposal? Yeah. Stanislav Sposal? Yeah. Okay. Stanislav. Yes. He was, I'm like, yeah, he was uh, 16. But to, yeah, to, he, was, he was picked way lower. So it's like a lot of teams obviously passed on him. I just liked him better. Yeah. The, to yeah. piggyback off what you said, though, Betsy, like with in regards to Nolan Allen, or Nolan Allen, excuse me, if you go through the, the draft rankings, like the Hawks drafted him 32nd overall. Elite Prospects had him 83, FC Hockey 101, TSN 59, McKean's Hockey 89, Dauber Prospects 93, Draft Prospects 64. He was the number 40 North American skater by NHL Central Scouting. So, so like, as you guys were saying, like, there's a fairly decent chance he would have been there in the Colton Doc position, but then they wouldn't have been able to draft Kirby's little brother. So, uh, I don't know about that. Or, I think or Colton, maybe, maybe Colton, Colton might have been there in the third round when they drafted okay. Page. I mean, yeah. if they hadn't given away their second round pick in the Seth Jones trade, they could have. <laughs> you know what article I really think we need to do is we should all try to predict how long Allen will stay in the organization before he gets traded. And then we should try <laughs> to pick which one of the top 20 Bowman's going to trade for. Uh, because that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, like, like to your point, Bill, like the last defenseman, the last Blackhawks defenseman that they drafted to sign a second contract with the team, I believe, remains Nicholas Yalmerson. Right. Yep. And it will remain so. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little concerned with all these veteran defensemen that they've added in the last month. I'm already concerned about the futures of Ian Mitchell and Nicholas Bodan and Wyatt Kalanuk. Like I know I'm, I won't be horribly devastated if some of those guys go back to the AHL, but uh, I, they could probably benefit from that. But it's also like, I'm worried if they go back to the AHL, that's where they're going to stay until they get traded. I'll just yeah, well, that's very valid. That's very valid. To bring it back to Allen, not even he thought he was going to be drafted because he didn't have the like family camera set up. Like, all <laughs> like that's how you know. Like, even was, he didn't rate himself. It was it was a late night. He was in bed when the Hawks called him. They woke him up. Hey, we're gonna draft you, kid. I mean, even like Reichel last year, he was like. You know, he was in the, like mostly ranked in the bottom half of the first round, so they had him yeah. set up. But he stayed up until like what five in the morning his time or something. But I, he just didn't even have a camera set up. Even he, the actual player, did not expect to be drafted then. So, and yet it's still not the worst first round pick of this year's draft because <laughs> that goes to the one right before the Blackhawks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I but like Dumb I can't kids. even. I can't even like what uh what what can you say about Montreal because of what the Blackhawks are in the middle of right now. So, and uh, I I've, I think uh, the biggest lesson I've learned is don't ever try to play the morality card with the professional sports franchise because they don't care because because they don't care. And next week it could be your team. Uh, I was about to say you should <laughs> see the comments over on um, the Canes blog about Angelo, oh. and you're just like they wrote a great piece about why that's not a good move and then the comments are like trash yeah and now they're also in on jake Furtman. oh no that was i i thought i saw that that was not true i thought i saw a tweet from somebody that was at the press conference with waddell waddle whatever his name is that that was not true they were not in on Burton. okay probably good don't bring in (laughs) well uh to, uh, to again make another awkward transition away from that, you know what? The, we've had some of this hasn't been the most enjoyable conversation. Let's let's flash back ten years and let's just talk about Nicholas Jalmerson for a little bit, who announced his retirement from hockey. He's going to go back to Sweden and eat all the meatballs he can. Congratulations! Um, yeah, congratulations <laughs> to him. Uh, he he played eight hundred over eight hundred games with the Hawks. He's there for fourteen seasons. He won three Stanley Cups. Uh, he was. I don't think like. I think I've been a little bit surprised myself with uh, I don't think I was quite as hip with the analytics. So what some of these numbers meant while like Yalmerson was in his prime. I feel like it's more like the last four to five years. I've gotten a better understanding of that. I don't think I realized how good analytically Yalmerson was. Oh, he's well, yeah. Like uh, there's, there was a tweet recently. He was one of the best defensive defensemen ever. And if, yeah. and, and if the Blackers are going to start retiring numbers of, Oh, Oh, that's right. They can't retire his number for the next nine years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> for what it's worth, and I love Hammer, I think there's so many guys that are going to get their number put up that they're probably not going to put four up. Yeah, it's like he's an interesting one because he was a huge part. Like he won three cups. There's an, there's only a handful of guys that were there for all three. Seven of them, I think. Yeah, so it like that immediately puts him in a very unique group. And I I think because he was the under the radar guy, I think that might be why his number doesn't get retired because he m- maintains the under the radar ness. Yeah, it'll be interesting. He was always behind Keith and Seabrook, obviously, in terms of, like, who people are focusing on. But Keith and Seabrook can't be who they are without Adalmerson being there, Um, especially in the latter two. Um, And that tweet about him being, like, the best defensive defenseman, that went, like, like five different people who do models, right? Yes. (laughs) They all were, like... Yeah, that was that's accurate. It was, <laughs> you know, it was nice to see like all the analytics people like complimenting somebody from the Blackhawks for a change because I feel like every time they tweet about something related to the Blackhawks lately, it's been, oh, here's how bad this is going to be. So it was nice to see something positive, even if it was a guy from that hasn't been on the team in five years. Yeah, and I'll never. I, one of my favorite moments of his was like when they like that one they was they swept Minnesota and. But the last like couple of minutes of that one game where we got the empty net, the Blackhawks got the empty net, but then the Wild started to come back and Jomerson was like blocking shots left and right. And then finally when the buzzer went, he like threw his stick like a javelin. The hammer stick throw, like there's so many of them. If you like I have I have about four or five saved on my computer. Maybe I'll drop them in the uh, the comment section of this article of when we. There's a brutal one against Nashville in 2015. Yeah, yeah. It was like he, he threw it up in the ceiling in the rafters. <laughs> yeah, like, there's one where he scored. A, I think after he scored a goal, he skated by a, a, somebody else's stick and like slashed it into the wall because <laughs> he was annoyed that he scored a goal. I guess I don't know, but yeah, it was. Oh. Uh, Abe's tried to do that once, but his ended up in the fifth row. <laughs> you guys remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah. That was, yeah. And Hammer was just, it was, he got, and this is also uh, like another thing that I didn't realize that I learned. And, and Mill, I, you might've seen this because it was in our comments and I want to credit uh, a say, uh, second city hockey commenter, J27 Ronick with pointing this out. Cause I had no idea. Do you know how they got the fourth round pick for Nicholas Yalmerson? Do you know who they traded away to get that pick? Uh, Karpatsev, right? That was Alexander Karpatsev. Because they used to have this like uh, thing in the in the real fans program that you got at the games, you know, the uh-huh. faxes one, and they would have like the tree of where everybody came from. So I used to read into that a little bit. Okay, I yeah, but, I, had uh, no, I had no idea that that's that's Karpatsev was like the best comparison is basically Zadorov now. Does Pat Foley know about that? <laughs> I don't know, but maybe I we'll mean, get a Karpatsev's good. Karpatsev since passed, right? He did. He uh, he was on the uh, the, the locomotive. Yeah, the plane the KHL plane crash. Yeah, but um, he uh, Pat Foley. If you guys go on YouTube, uh, there's a he drove him into the grounds before yeah. that. Yeah, there's a there's a video there. But anyway, Nicholas Jalmerson, uh, good times. It's kind of great to see him get like rated positively when he was so underrated before. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a discussion in the comments about, you know, like, is he a Hall of Famer? And I was sitting there thinking, normally I wouldn't think that, but I wonder if the new focus on analytics might start shifting who gets in and out of, like, Hall of Fame situations because there was nothing but outpouring of love for him and how awesome he was. So it was very interesting. Like, that right there was super interesting to me. I don't think he will still, but... I guess it comes down to who, like, how they handle... I don't even know how the Hall of Fame for hockey does it. Like, I think most probably it's like there's like a panel and it's a lot of sports writers. So yeah, I don't. A bunch yeah. of grumpy old guys aren't going to put him in. Well, I yeah. thought the same thing about the Norse. Canadian but Adam Fox won it, and I was not expecting him to because he's an animal. Well, that's darling. Yes, that's but that's two different groups of people. The oh, uh, I know, but yeah. I just mean like by the time Jalmerson gets to like, he's not, it's not going to be anytime soon. It's not going to be like, right. no. um, maybe by then the people that are there are more savvy. Um, yeah. It's the a biggest, long time, but yeah. The biggest problem with Nicholas Jalmerson's 
Hall of Fame case is that the Rod Langway or like a defensive defenseman award does not exist because he, yeah. he could not, he like, he was never going to win the uh, Norris because he doesn't put up offensive points. He but never if, even if, got, he never even got like into an all-star game. Yeah. But if he, if he like, again, if they, if there was a focus on defensive defensemen, like there is, like there should be, uh, he'd be, he would have been like five years running. Yeah. He would have had like a Nicholas Lidstrom streak. Right, of, like, so Oh yeah, this guy's the best. For what it's worth, I mean, Dave, you've watched the All-Star game. What place does Nicholas Jalmerson have in that? Place? That's true. The NHL All-Star I game was a maybe joke. The, maybe the hardest shot competition? Yeah, maybe not well. It, he did it incredibly rarely, and it was uh, Betsy wrote the post and put the video in there. I'm glad he did because, like, the most famous offensive moment of his entire career got robbed, was washed out by the <laughs> worst penalty call in playoff history. Ugh. Maybe that's exactly Brandon right. Saad literally got murdered on that. He got he got yeah. choke slammed by Kyle into the bench. Yeah, he got pushed into the bench and then body slammed onto the ice. Yeah, uh, and just because he like pushed upwards, and wow. we're still this pissed off about a game the Hawks won. <laughs> I mean, and it did set up the most brilliant Seabrook moment ever. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that iconic. Oh, uh, seven and two, outshining four again. <laughs> So I guess it was just the way the universe wanted to write it, but he was so robbed. Yeah. That was Dave Boland's moment for I, I it's also as well. Like yeah, he exactly. had a great, great takeaway on that setup to set up old Seabrook. Oh, that beautiful hit. Yeah. Um, um trying to think of what other Elmerson things. Uh like you guys were talking about his, you guys were talking about his stick handling earlier. And like the number one thing that I will remember from Nicholas Yalmerson is he's the only guy that could get away with this, but I feel like there was a decent amount of times he would be facing the end boards and he'd make that little backhand pass into the slot, which sounds like the worst idea in the world, but it was always tape to tape to the center that was down low. And that relieved all the pressure and the, and the Hawks would go. Oh yeah. Way. He was and he, like, he's the only guy, here. like the number one thing you probably teach young defensemen is to don't throw a blind backhand pass into the low slot, but he could do it because he knew his, his teammate was there. Friggin' tape to tape, usually to, to 19 who's yeah. out there. But, uh, that they would run him and Oduya behind that first that that yeah, top line. Hammer and Oduya were like the 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 defensive shutdown pairing for like three seasons. Because they'd be like with the red wedding line, and then later with Taves Hosasad. Yeah. Oh man. See this. Like whenever we have conversations like this, I just want to go back and watch games from the first half of the twenty tens. I want to go back and watch twenty thirteen. That's my favorite cup win. Hey, same. Mm. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. They're like it's like picking a favorite child. <laughs> I picked one. <laughs> yes, yeah, so did I. I I've, I've I've had a favorite since that that year. Uh, I mean, I love 2010 for what it was, but I don't know what it is about 2013. But it was like maybe it was the whole season. You know, the yeah, build the whole, up that yeah. and, like it just all went into each other and it was perfect. And, and then 2015 and is special because it's at home, but. Um, 2013 was funny because they had to redo the schedule like so fast. So on all of the, the lockout, <laughs> right. But all the tickets were already printed. So they put stickers over the original ones. So I remember going to like one of the games where it was like Hawks versus stars. And I peeled it back and it's like Hawks flames in October. It's like, that didn't happen. They like just half-assed it. I feel like that would be right for counter. Like these are my tickets for this game. You can't tell it's got a sticker. I mean, they mailed them. They didn't have like that, that technology yet. Oh, <laughs> um, well, no, those are never mind. Those are season ticket holder ones because uh, if you bought them from them, they're like Ticketmaster. But yeah. uh, it was just funny. I was like, this is super half assed, and you guys have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, what a I fun think, year. Though. I think the 2013 year, I think because of the lockout, because there was like the potential for no hockey, and then there was hockey, and then the Hawks didn't lose in regulation for literally half the season. So yeah. yeah, and and because they beat Boston, God damn, that was fun to beat Boston. The coldest, the coldest home opener of all time, too, because it started in January. <laughs> yeah, I think 2013 might be my favorite child too. <laughs> all right, I mean, well, like it is the best overall season, but well, I'm just saying we've got a little bit of time left. Um, maybe we, I, Shepard, if you have a, a food take available for us, we got a, got a little bit here. We can we can squeeze one in before we embark because i feel like after this episode um we we went zero to 90 for the last week with blackhawks news and then we're gonna go right back down to zero pretty quickly uh we're gonna so, get a gofundme for shepherd's pizza 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Shepard, what's your, you got your food take ready? Yeah, I got a food take ready. Okay. Let's ha- let's hear it. Pitter patter. I'm just going to, I don't know. I don't care if it's hot. I don't care if I said it before, but it, it's this barbecue is the best cuisine in the world. Uh, it doesn't matter whether, whether it's Korean or American, Texas or St. Louis. Uh, if you fed me a pulled pork sandwich every day for the rest of my life, I'd be perfectly content. Oh, it'd be a pretty short life because you'd have a heart attack by about 40, but it'd be a tasty Fine. one. <laughs> Fine. I'm fine with that. What am I going to what, what am I, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm, I'm working towards something, but once I work towards that, once I hit that something, what am I, what am I doing here? Yeah. I, I mean, my only other counter that would be Italian food. Because Italian food, I'm, I'm going to lump pizza in there. So. Yeah, well... Pizza's weird to me because, like, there's there's a lot of contention about where its origins lie. And, yes, it's technically Italy, but it's also technically America. Also, if you're going to say, like, technically barbecue is, like, a subset of, like, you know, it's a subset of Korean. It's a subset of Southern, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Italian. Bobo barbecue. Oh, yeah, barbecue. You can't. Those aren't yeah. the same. You have to pick, yeah, like, yeah. one thing from Italian or one thing that. Can go like pizza can go in different varieties or something like that. Okay. Okay. Well, then I've got. Uh, I, I have no counter because barbecue is delicious. Barbecue, like, it, really once, good. especially once they once they think of like a good vegetarian entree. Ugh. So let's have, uh, wait, wait, wait. You're talking about barbecue now. You're talking about vegetarian options. I feel like this there is, can be there. Can, they can make they can make good vegetarian. They have a good one at Riot Fest. They can do year. it. Yeah, they can do it. <laughs> Potatoes. They have a they have a <laughs> truck and they have like uh you get like a it might be vegan actually I'm not like full vegan so I'm not sure if it is or not but uh it's like uh some kind of like fake pulled pork it might be made out of tofu and uh, uh it might be jackfruit but like I cook with jackfruit a lot and it wasn't like that's the texture but it didn't taste like it so I don't they cooked it really good but I'm- and uh they have like you get like cornbread and uh. Uh, all kind of stuff like that, like uh, collard greens, like the whole plate. It's pretty good. I Well, do you prepare it the same way? I feel like the whole point of barbecue is that it is cooking meats for a very, very long period of time. Yeah, you can't do that because it'll it'll destroy it. So it's definitely different. So then, so then I'm, I, I don't think that's barbecue then, personally. Fair. It's that's fake fair. barbecue. I mean, like, I oh, can't really have an you- opinion on this. <laughs> Like vegetarian barbecue sounds like an oxymoron. Uh, I mean, like, it's just the thing I've tried the one time or twice that I was there. So that's why I chipped it in. Like I said, otherwise I can't really have an opinion. All right. Well, uh, in about two months, Mel, we'll, uh, remind me, we'll, we'll try out this vegetarian barbecue or whatever. Oh, you think, right. Oh no. You got to pay better attention to what the COVID numbers are looking like, bud. Two months. Uh Oh, well, I mean, they're doing Lala this weekend. So Uh, I, Please don't go to Lala. I'm, uh, no, I, well, don't go to. Stay safe. No, I, I'm not going to Lala because I have no reason well, to go to Lala. Lala's there's a great, bunch of great like Jimmy Worlds and stuff, but Lala is awful. Yeah, I'm I'm okay, but Ride Ride Fest is my shit. So I, I well, actually, I don't like any festival. So like, <laughs> I'm I'm really boring. I just like to play. <laughs> I hate being outside for 15 hours with a bunch of people. I'm like no fun at all, am I? Yeah, really, really exciting. <laughs> God damn. All right. Well, uh, I'm, just thinking of, I'm still thinking about barbecue and now I really want some tandoori, um, Indian tandoori because yeah. it's uh-huh. delicious lamb. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we're, we've, we've, uh, we've exposed Mill for being completely bored and, uh, I think, That's I think we're good here. Great. It's all right, Dave. We'll get, we'll get a $15 beer together and eat that cheese. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'll, I'll be at breakfast. I got my shot. I mean, no, I know. If I, I gotta get a, if I gotta get a booster, I'll get a booster. But I'll be, I'll be at breakfast. Um. So yeah, I think it's gonna. Well, here, any other final thoughts? Uh, the Blackhawks aren't done. I yeah, don't think they are. I think that's fair. I, I feel like they're gonna be more sell mode than like acquiring anything else for the most part, right? Yeah, if they were smart, they'd try to get rid of Connolly, keep Strom. I still – I like Strom. Um, Asterix, if they were smart. <laughs> and then I Which don't know they've proven they're, they're not. not. I would keep DeHaan until they have a definitive answer about Flurry. Fair. And I yeah. also uh, – I think they are 
Uh, I'm assuming that Brandon Hagel's coming back. Like, there's no way in hell they're going to let that go. I just assume they're they're waiting for the right, the ability to make it all work financially. Right? Yeah. Like, Hagel's not going anywhere. That's a very useful he's, sure. he's, he's an RFA, yeah. right? They yeah, he's, yeah, he got a qualifying yeah. offer. He's not I He's not going anywhere. And I'd be so, yeah, they can Lander. wait on him. So did Nylander. Well, I mean, <laughs> they, that's, that might be them not wanting to give up an asset for free. I, I'm willing to give him one more chance, but short, short leash on that one. They have so many forwards. <laughs> I, they, have so many, they have so many forwards. They have so many defensemen. There's just there's so many players. You're going that whole quantity over quality. Can I say this? Can I say this? If Caleb Jones jumps the line over Ian Mitchell, Nicholas Bodan, I'm going to be upset. Well, Shepard. You're probably going to be upset. <laughs> I mean, like Nikita Zadora <laughs> played almost more than anybody last but year. So, I, Whichever one of you said the point that uh, Ian Mitchell and Bodan are waiver exempt so they can be sent to Rockford. I, and I feel like yes. that might be your With number Kalanuk one. too. Cal- no, than all, than he, all should, he should be playing anyways. He's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but I, I think okay. Bodan and Mitchell could be. No, he is. He's an ELC. But it's it's Bodan, Mitchell, Kurashev, Kalinuk. Those are the four that are waiver exempt, other than Doc. But Doc's not going anywhere. How many right, more so months? Say goodbye to Kurashev. Yeah, how many more months till this reverts back to a free Kurashev podcast? <laughs> oh, one. Well, yeah, if exactly. he's not on the opening night roster, I will be very upset and very vocal about the fact. That I'll, I'll, be th- I'll, I'll be like throwing things like, what the f- are you doing? I mean, reportedly Columbus asked for him and Bowman said no. Um, so that's nice because apparently it was Doc, Debrinkit, Reichel, and Kurashev that they didn't want to move. I don't know. Nah. <laughs> he wasn't willing to give up a pair of Docs. Yeah. <laughs> I, Sorry, I, I must have both. I would not have minded losing Kurashev instead of Boquist, but eh, whatever. I don't know if that would have sufficed. Well, you know, the first round pick, as per tradition, must be traded. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the 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 Jones trade got a lot better because again, originally involved the Brinkett and I think all the Chicago riots. If if that trade goes through, yeah, like I. I have a very low opinion of the front office for reasons hockey related and not, but they can't be that fucking stupid. And they weren't thankfully. And, and they were not, and they were not. So con- congrats to them for walking under the lowest bar possible. Of course. Well, they they probably, also, I was going to say Tiravino was at one point an untouchable. And look how they don't say that. This sounds don't stupid, that. but like, this is a serious thing coming from my work background. Like they probably see how many like people are buying to bring it shit, not just jerseys, but like all of it. Yeah, but that didn't help with Panarin. <laughs> like, I'm, uh, I'm going to stop mentioning all the people. Okay, but the good, the good, the good news player. is, the good news is, the but, Brinkhead is now far more established than either but, 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 Panarin was yeah, when they were true, but, but keep in mind when Panarin was on the team, like, look at how many guys were on the team that, like, you know, Taves, Kane, Seabrook, Keith, like, like all these guys who were like, cup winners yeah it's true so people were bu- still buying stuff from the year before because those guys had won like panarin had a nice little boost for a while but i i think uh in the grand scheme of things like now it's different because there's only taves and kane i know it's a really stupid thing to bring up but it's like i they want to make their money you know yeah yeah i just remember panarin was literally on some one of the social stories the morning that he got traded and people were like, okay. He was like on the face of one of their like, like those like videos that they do every once in a while. And they took the tweet down. Was it on a uh, stupid sandwich video? Um, no, it was on something that was like exploring Chicago with a player or something like that. Cause it was very like, I'm at the bean or something like that. And I was like, oh, poor sad bread, man. Yeah, if would have won with them, it might be different. But like, I said this in a comment today. Not that that trade is justified at all, but like him being here the last few years wouldn't have helped their blue line. Yeah. No, but he's fine. That's such a that's a more volatile topic than I thought it would be. By the way, in the comments. <laughs> yeah, people are nuts. Like I, I was with you. I was just telling people, like, look, it is what it is now, and at least we don't have to watch big countries adore <laughs> It's true. Makes my life easier. That 
is the perfect note to end on. Yes. So that's going to do it for this episode of Second City Hockey. Uh, Mill is on Twitter, Mill182, Shepherds at Shepherd Price. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find all her stuff at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. I might be back on Twitter. Uh, we're we're going to keep it under low key for a while. Uh, we might have freed Dave, but we'll see. I'm Dave's burner account in the meantime. If you need him, contact me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mill, Mill is my PR guy. So uh, <laughs> reach out to him. Uh, but thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thanks to the three of you for hanging out tonight. Uh, stay tuned to secondcityhockey.com. If any other news breaks, we will write about it there. Uh, follow the main account at 2ND City Hockey on Twitter. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out. Anything else happens with the Hawks, God knows something's probably going to happen tomorrow because that's how this is working lately. Uh, we'll write about it. We'll talk about it here. And uh, we'll see you next week. So that'll do it. For Betsy, for Shepard, for Mill, I'm Dave. Go Hawks. <laughs>